What up, what up, what up everyone? Welcome to episode 155, you heard it right, episode 155 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Let me know how you feel about the show right in the comment section of your Apple podcast at rate and review wherever you listen to Combo's Court and share this episode with a friend man via social media. Today's show sneaker customizer Serato joins in a great conversation with Serato. We discuss sneaker customization, his growth on social media and YouTube, plus Serato gives us his favorite sneakers for on the court performance. A great conversation with Serato. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. We actually recorded this one back on March 3rd, 2020. Hope everyone is staying safe out there. You could find Serato on Instagram at Serato. That's S-I-E-R-A-T-O. You know you could find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Serato, man, welcome to Combo's Court. How you feeling today? What's going on, man? You know, it's a lot going on, but I'm trying to, you know, every day just figure something out. Right, Serato's a sneaker customizer. You've probably seen his work on an NBA court near you. Good hooping the other day, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate you, man. You know, you were, you were, you out there balling yourself, so I was just trying to keep up. <laughs> appreciate it, appreciate it. You know, I feel like the DMV area where you grew up, you grew up in Baltimore, right? Or you just reside? Uh, so I pretty much grew up in Baltimore. I was uh, actually born in Philly first, but I moved out here when I was like seven, so I, I don't really count that. So Yeah, I feel like the DMV area is underrated when it comes to producing talent. Um, what was it like growing up in Baltimore, hooping in Baltimore, and where did you find that passion for art and basketball? Did it coincide? Uh, so, yeah, I, it didn't necessarily have one, you know, one didn't necessarily have anything to do with the other one, you know, when I first started doing it, but I've been drawing since I was like seven-ish, too. Uh, you know, my, my people's, you know, I was bouncing around a little bit, so... Uh, you know, whoever I was with at the time thought it would be a good idea to give me a sketchbook or something like that just to, like, let me doodle, I guess. <laughs> and I guess right. I doodled a little better than they thought I would doodle. So um, so they had me, you know, I, I went to art school for, uh, you know, for, like, middle school, which really isn't art school. It's just, like, it's, it's middle school. So right. uh, I went there, you know, to a couple art classes, and then I went to art high school where I actually didn't even do any art because I thought it would be too much work. <laughs> so I actually took uh, construction instead. So. I learned a little bit about how to build a house, but uh, that was about it. And then uh, after that, I went to, you know, I went to school. I went to UMBC for, you know, a year or two and uh, was getting ready to do art, you know, to actually attempt to really take art classes and really learn what I was doing and do graphic design or something like that. Like, I didn't really know what kind of art I wanted to do. Um, but, you know, I ended up going a, di- going a different route, leaving school, the whole thing. But um, the whole time I was, you know, I was playing basketball. Basketball was always my, well, actually baseball was my first, like, thing, but um, basketball was always like my favorite thing to do. So I, you know, every summer I, you know, go to the basketball camps. I would, you know, do the whole, do the whole do. I never really, you know, my parents wasn't really athletic like that. So I never really, they were never into the whole sports scene and the whole, like, they didn't know what to do. They just like lawyers and stuff. So were they artsy? No, nah, they're not artsy at all. Oh, okay. So, uh, weird. Yeah. They don't know what, <laughs> <laughs> where'd you come from? Serato? <laughs> yeah. they, don't, they don't know what, what, what's going on. They, I can't, I can't figure. That's what they always like to say. 
So, uh, yeah, they, they, don't know, they don't know where that came from, and they don't none of them hoop. I think my, I think the closest my dad ever came to hooping was I think he, uh, I think he, he likes to tell a story where he scored three points his whole JV, <laughs> his whole JV career. So that's about it. So, uh, the hooping was not really his thing. So uh, I never did AAU. I never did like the whole circuit like everybody else gets to do, you know. And I, I feel like that kind of like deterred me from like trying to like take hooping serious, serious. I feel like I might have done a little bit more of that if if I had those opportunities and like the learning and the teaching and the coaching and like consistency and stuff like that. So, um, so I only played in high school, you know, I played all four years of high school. Um, and then I was getting ready to try to walk on, you know, at college. But like I said, I decided to not, you know, continue doing that just for the school aspect. So, uh, you know, that was, that was about the end of my uh, basketball ambition. So now I just kind of try to get some influencer stuff in. I try to hoop, you know, every, every couple of, every couple of days during the week and uh, keep it, keep it consistent. When did it click in your head to start laying your art to sneakers? Um, so I'd always not necessarily like designing sneakers. Like I'd always had the interest in shoes because I never could have, like my parents, like I said, my parents are not into this kind of stuff. So they, they would never, they didn't understand why they needed to buy a pair of, you know, 150, $200, like Jordans. My parents were, you know, we're not into like shoes and like fashion and all that stuff. So they didn't know what was going on. Like, you know, so in middle school, all my friends was always getting the new air forces and the new, whatever was popping back. What was popping back then? I mean, it was like, you know, early what year, what year was that? Uh, shoot, in middle school, I don't even know. It's probably like, oh, four, oh, five, something like that, oh, six. So, yeah, I, mean, re- I mean, Jordan, re- Jordan retros were popping back out around that time, you know, they started getting, yeah, like, I, I remember correctly, I really remember more of high school. Okay. Like, middle school was, I think I remember it was a lot of Air Forces. It was definitely a thing, like, all white yeah. Air Forces. Like, yeah, well, and that was, that was even in the 90s, I think, you know, the all white Air Forces. Yeah, Everybody was just, out here, I don't know, but. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all white Air Forces, wearing Hirachis, like, that was, like, a big thing, like, you know, the air up tempo joints, like, that was a whole big thing, and then, like, high school was, you know, we're in Baltimore, so it was a lot of New Balance stuff, um, a lot of phone posits were heavy, heavy, like, everybody was wearing phone posits, like, heavy in New York, too, for sure, yeah, every different color that ever dropped, everybody was wearing around here, the new different ones, and then, like, LeBron's, you know, back then, you know, LeBron 4s was popping, and, you know, the, the 5s was coming out, and, it was, yeah, it was it was heavy LeBron season down here too. So, you know, I didn't get a, get a chance to get into all that that much because I had to buy all of it myself. So my parents wasn't really into it like that. So and I was in middle school. What I would do is I would get one shoe every beginning of the school year or whatever it was. So I would finagle. I would save a little extra money from like cutting grass or whatever it was. And I would tell them like, all right, whatever Payless shoe or whatever it is that you're trying to buy me, like save that money and let's go to finish line and I'll get, you know, I'll get, I'll spend the rest of it to get at least one pair of like shoes that everybody else is going to be wearing. So I don't look right. Crazy. You know, so I would get those. And, you know, of course, if you're wearing them for a whole year and that's the only thing you try to wear, you're going to dog them joints out real quick. So um, I was always interested in trying to like prolong the life of my shoes. So I would get like the whiteners and I would get the whole like anything I could think of to like try to like bring the shoe back to life kind of thing once it starts getting dusty. Um, so that's kind of really where I first got my, my like, hands-on experience of actually taking a pair of shoes, taking something with some paint in it or something, whatever it was, and, like, putting on the shoe. But I never really thought about it that hard after that. It was just kind of, like, a means to an end. But um, what I came to later was after I got out of school, I really decided that I wanted to – I had started doing it in school a little bit, and I wanted to decide that I wanted to do a full apprenticeship and do the whole thing. And really, I was getting into tattooing, like, heavily. So um, so I went and did a whole professional – like, I did an apprenticeship. I was a professional tattoo artist for, like, two or three years. And – like in my downtime in the shop in between appointments and things like that, I wanted to practice, you know, I wanted to practice the artwork or like the tattoo artwork, what they call like flash designs and things like that. Like just drawing random stuff, like different designs. Right. So I would get like Converse's and Vans and I would use just Sharpies 
and that's like the first time I ever put like actual art on the shoe I was like all right I can do this like I've seen a couple of these on Google kind of thing like let me try that so I started doing that I started putting the designs on there and then it just transitioned into people wanting to buy things and, and then people wanted me to fix their Jordans and all types of other stuff I was doing research in and out here and there and it kind of just transferred into this whole thing that I do now Right. So when did it start to gain traction? What was the first sneaker to touch an NBA floor? Like you're at like 600,000 on YouTube. When did that start gaining traction? Just taking you through the process. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh, the, the first shoe to touch an NBA floor is way, way after I even started getting some, getting some traction in the game. Okay. So, um, so uh, damn, who, who was the first person that, that would wear one in a game? Um, I'm not trying to remember. I really can't even remember. It might've been, well, one of the first ones. Uh, damn, I really don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe I have to go, like, scroll all the way back and figure it out. But maybe Montrez, maybe? Montrez Harrell, maybe? Okay. He's improved every year. Maybe the sneakers have something to do with it, man. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he, he gets shoes from pretty much anybody that will paint a pair of shoes. So, I mean, he's, he's got a lot of dudes over there. But he might have been the first one to give me a shot in the NBA. I don't really know. But okay. I think it, but, um. Oh, no, actually, yeah, it might have been him or maybe Clint Capella. He was big into it for a while there, and then he kind of died out on doing it. Not sure exactly why, but, uh, uh, but yeah, he, he kind of died out on doing it. But he, we did a whole series for a while there that uh, was big. So, um, But, yeah, I don't know. But basically, I first started getting traction in the game by uh, starting with actually, like, NFL players. Like, you know, I'm in Baltimore, so NFL players and Orioles, like, Orioles and Ravens players are the first people to, like, really, like, like first notable people to like actually ask me for some shoes. You know what I'm saying? So I started, basically I tried to start selling this stuff in the mall was like first attempt at like, all right, I don't have any like other way to sell these. So like, let me go get a, one of them kiosks in the mall. Uh, I went to Towson mall. I went and got a kiosk and I put it in there and I was just sitting there doing nothing basically. Cause nobody, you know, don't, nobody knows what this is. Like nobody wants to like do this whole thing. So I like, I had to sit there and like really paint something on the stand for like people to really understand like what's going on. Like, what the options were and mind you it wasn't that many options because i mean this was like real early so i didn't even know what i was doing for pretty much 80 percent of it so it was it looked pretty trash probably but um, so but anyways i got i got i did that i put them on the stand i had some type of display i was doing little like you know middle of the mall stuff like paint you know keep paint my my daughter's roller skates and put her name in a rainbow and some fucking sorry <laughs> put some uh put some whatever on there and uh you know basic boring stuff that i hate to do like i would never do now but um doing a lot of that doing a lot of hey can you fix this like there's a scuff on the top of my jordan threes can you get that off of there and re-whiten them or like fix the black on my cements you know whatever um so i would do a lot of that and then while i was sitting there i had i guess managers from other stores would be walking by going to get lunch like coming back yada yada and i got asked to do a couple of events for some major stores in the in the mall there so like i did a live painting event on some uggs for nordstrom and i did some other stuff for dtlr and uh some other some other company i forget who it was now but um i did a couple of major events and i guess that helped me get some legitimacy and that's when i first got hit up by my first like uh ravens players um which were like they're all like third string dudes that were just kind of like dudes that still had to go to the mall to get stuff basically um, <laughs> all right <laughs> but yeah so they're like third string dudes didn't really mean much you know i got one of the starting you know i elevated up to one of the starting like wide receivers he must have came with his homeboys i guess um and i elevated up to doing him i got on like the nfl like the first clear i ever did for like the nfl like they actually made it to a field um he, so, they, uh, so wait you had, they had to add cleats obviously oh so it was a cleated sneaker yeah so so for the for nfl dudes they wear cleats obviously right so, yeah 
I was doing a lot of like Jordan cleats for some of these guys and like dope, you know dope. spicing them up because they all get the bland generic like black and white like whatever it is. Right. Um, so kind of spicing up in team colors and trying to make it look as best as possible. But you know the NFL rules are pretty strict, so um, you couldn't do too much back then. But uh, I was trying to spice it up, and the first shoe, you know, I actually put that actually made it to like start in an NFL game and like actually got some attention. Um, made it to the NFL, picked it for like the top ten best cleat of like the week or whatever it was, and was on NFL.com and the whole thing. And you know, I was like, oh, this is the first like sign of like okay you can actually like get some notoriety you can get some success like you can do something with this if you can like figure out who to put the shoe on and where to put it on at right so kind of figured that out and then i really like the only way my business really even like got off the ground at all um because there's so many people that attempt to do this kind of thing but nobody like there's not many people that would get to this level obviously um so the only way i got to get it off the ground was i had to figure out a way to one make money while i was doing it and then spend money on promotion and like getting you know giving shoes away to as many like what I think are high profile people as possible. So, um, so Instagram had just kind of started, I mean, Instagram was around for maybe like a year before I actually like put any shoes on it, but my Instagram was you know, non-existent basically. So I had to figure out a way to get that popping because I saw some other dude that was from the DMV doing shoes for fabulous and doing jackets for, you know, like how do I get to like get to where he's at and his Instagram was popping and the whole thing. So I was like, okay, I know Instagram is like how you have to do it. Like that's how people yeah. like, engage with you and like reach out to you and like, can see you from anywhere kind of thing and can see your work from anywhere. So I had to figure out how to get my Instagram popping, which would be promo stuff, which would be giving stuff away or at, or paying like larger sneaker pages, to like repost my work, things like that. Um, so I found my first couple of like IG models or whatever, like they're like, the easy, <laughs> like they're like the easiest to hit up and like anyone with any kind of juice, like the most of them, I say probably unless they're at like four or 500 K plus, like most of them will hit you back like pretty instant and like, right. They, they all want free stuff so um anything they can post and like make a new picture with so like um, right so, right it's content it's content for them <laughs> all content so they, they they want whatever they can do and they don't care like you know most of them didn't care about like posting and giving credit that kind of thing so um, right they're not like you know kim kardashian level so um so i did my first couple of ig models uh it was this, the, the first ones that popped off was this, was this girl and like her whole family they're all like her whole sisters were all like ig models or something which is kind of wild but um, her name was, uh, was uh, India Love was her name. So I, I gave her her shoes. Actually, it was her other sister was the one that first hit me up, and then I moved on it because India had all the juice. So I, I, made, <laughs> I, I got one to her, and when she did, so the, the first two put them up, and they, it was cool. Um, but then I got one to her too, and her when she put it up, she had all the juice, like I said. So I got like it was the first time I ever seen like my IG kind of start popping off because I got like I don't even know I got like nine hundred likes on the picture, and I was like, oh shit, like I'm really doing something. Cause like, I was like, my phone's going to die. Like all these like, notifications, <laughs> like, I'm blowing right. up. So, uh, yeah. So she put it up. I got like 8,000 followers and like the next day or whatever. And I was like, I was like, okay, so this is how you do this. Like you really got to get it on somebody that can like show it to their fan base. And like, they have to like, know, like they have to care about what this is. Like, like their fan base has to give a shit. So they'll follow you back. Like, and it, that's how you blow up. Right. So, so I started just spending as much money as possible on base shoes. I can't even tell you how many shoes I've sent to people that never did what they were supposed to do. Like people that like ripped it off or like whatever, like it's a whole, like, it's one of those things where there's no learning curve to this. Like you can't, there's no one you can ask about it. Like there's no one, you know, that's doing this, that you can like, Oh, what do you, what did you do? Like, you know, you just got to figure it out like a hundred percent from scratch, which is crazy. Cause like most businesses, it's not like that. You got usually that's the best way to do it though. Like what's in your heart, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it really keeps you engaged in it. It, yeah. it lets you, you have to be more careful about what you, what you spend on what, and you know it, it helps you not waste money. You know things like that. Like you have to really focus for real. So 
um, which you don't necessarily have to do if you're going to open a pizza store, like, you know, stuff like that. You can, you can see examples, you know how to kind of do it. Yeah. But this, there's no, there's no, there's no blueprint for this. So I had to figure it out as I went. So I was losing a lot of money and I had to figure out a way like, yo, how do you actually like support yourself? How do you pay for this? Like, cause I was like, at this point it is my full-time job now. Like you are losing, you are losing money, but you are investing in yourself. And that's probably what separated you from others along, along with the talent, you know? Right. So it's, so, I mean, I'm losing money, you know, I'm probably every five pairs of shoes I send out, probably two of them actually do what they're supposed to do. So, you know, it's going up, but it's going slow. So, and I'm still having to pay money. So I get this website people keep telling me about, which is like Etsy. And that's where you can sell all your art to like, a, like it's like almost like eBay, but for like art stuff. Um, so there's already a whole base of like customers. So you don't have to do any work on promo or nothing. Like people will buy it and they like they'll support your work. Um, so I got my Etsy up, it, it, you know, that blew up like instantly, which was kind of wild. Cause I'm getting all these orders in now. Like that I didn't, I, before I was hoping I would get like one, two pairs of shoes to paint, like for money, like a week. Right. Like, I'd be like, all right, like, thank God. Like I can pay some, like I can buy food now. But like now I'm getting them. And like in the first week I've got like 150 orders to do. Oh, wow. Money sitting in here. And I'm like, Jesus, like, I didn't know it worked like this. Like now I have to actually do 150 orders in two weeks or whatever it is. Like, cause that's what I told them they was going to take. Cause I assumed I was going to get like one or two orders. I didn't think it was going to be like this. So now I'm like, oh shit, like, how do you even do all of this? So I'm sitting here, I'm going to Foot Locker and Finish Line and I'm literally buying out the mall of Air Forces and like, you know, whatever else I was, like Air Maxes was, was like my main two things, Air Forces and Air Maxes. I know you can get those in any mall and they always have them for the most part. Right. So I was trying to be smart about it, but you know, apparently not that smart. Um, so I went and got all these shoes. It was, a good, it was a good problem to have though. Cause you it's were a good like, problem to have, but it's also a terrible problem to have if you have no solution for the problem. So, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, what happens is I I buy all these shoes. You know, finish line of Foot Locker. They all love me. Every time I come in there, I'm spending two, three grand on some shoes. They think I'm like, I don't even know. They must, they think I'm some rapper that like just does whatever he feels like doing. Um, but so I'm getting all these shoes. I, I've got like ten. You know, people can see on my old Instagram stuff. I've got like ten pairs of shoes lined up on the wall of this little small area. I'm I'm doing it all at once, like all the same color. I'm like trying to do as many as possible. And of course, I'm like cutting corners and like, it's, it's not good. Like the product is not that good. Like, so there's still no way I'm going to catch up to this, to this list. And basically the way Etsy works is that it will shut you down if you get too many complaints, like too quickly or like whatever it is. So like nobody, the one thing I've learned in my entire time of doing this and that up till today is that no one on the internet will ever read any description or like, this is going to take this long. Don't do this with the shoe. Like any disclaimers, no one will ever read any of that, like on the internet, like it just never happens. So. I'm sitting here doing these shoes and I'm getting people that like, Oh, it's been a, you know, it's been three days, but where are my shoes at? And I'm like, well, it's supposed to take two weeks, you know, not to mention if I even get to the two week mark, like I I damn sure don't have them now. So I was like, it's supposed to take two weeks. And then I get all these people that didn't read any of that and they're complaining, they're complaining. And then boom, my site gets shut down. So now, yeah. So now I got no way to make any money. So now I'm like, Oh damn, like, all right, let me try to either make another one or, more actively, I'm going to go make my own website, just my own thing. And I'm going to hope that I'm going to get enough traction on Instagram to like get people to go to the site and just buy it through me directly and not have to worry about Etsy. So I'm thinking again, it's going to be slow moving. It's not going to like, you know, whatever. Like I only had like 30 something, maybe 40,000 likes on the 40,000 followers on Instagram. Maybe I had, I didn't have the YouTube at all. Like none of that. Um, and I was like, damn, like, I don't know if I'm gonna get enough work, you know, even after I finished all the stuff I had from Etsy or whatever, which wasn't much because most of that money got sent back and got refunded when they shut my shit down. So, um, so basically I'm sitting here on my own website. I see, all right, one order came in today. Like, 
you know, two days later, I got another order. And then all of a sudden I wake up and boom, 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 boom. There's like 15, 20 orders sitting in the, it's sitting in the thing. And I'm like, what is going on? And I looked at it and I'm like, damn, now I got the same problem again, except now it's fucking PayPal this time and not like Etsy. Now I got to worry about them like hitting, like something happening here. So I got to like figure out how to get this done. So I try to hire people. I try to like, I try to hire these people, hire my couple of my friends and, you know, try to teach them how to do this thing. And none of them know how to like, none of them can do it. Like, right. so like not working out, like I got to figure out a way to like do this where it can just be me. So the whole time I'm still promoting, I'm still getting it. Like by that time I had done, my first couple of Ravens players, uh, I had done, Manny Machado had hit me up. You know, he was a big Oriole back, you know, when he was here. Um, he had hit me up, and then Adam Jones was a big Oriole dude back then. And, like, I started working with those guys and got to, like, get my first, like, tours of, like, the stadiums and, like, go to the games and sit, like, front row type stuff and things like that where I was like, oh, damn, like, so this is what you can get, like, if you, like, really, like, do this. Like, if you, like, can do it correctly and, like, get to the right people. Yeah. Um, so they were all mad cool. So I started doing that stuff and like, I'm still picking up traffic, but I'm still at this point, I'm just not, I'm not even trying to send stuff out to people that I like, I'm not knowingly like going to get something back in return for it. I'm just strictly paying for promo from these like one or two pages. And like, that's getting me like a solid five, 10,000 followers, like every, every couple of weeks. So I'm like moving up there, but I still haven't really like figured out how to like sustain that without spending three, four or $500 on promo every week. So, um, so it's still expensive. Um, and I, I'm working on it and <clears throat> I'm figuring out this website thing, which is really isn't working. And then I'm doing these videos on Instagram and Instagram had just started like their video, like part of the app. Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't a thing when they first had Instagram. So right, right. Just, yeah. It, Instagram videos had just started. And there and, wasn't any stories yet. No, nah, no stories. No, no, no. Right. Right. Instagram, yeah. Instagram videos was like the newest, like everybody yeah. trying to figure out how to do Instagram videos. It killed Vine. It killed Vine too. <laughs> yeah, kill Vine instantly. Yeah. Um, so I start putting the I start putting them up there, and like I don't even know like I just try to do videos of like little clip videos like every like five minutes in a in a doing a shoot I would record like ten seconds of it and then yeah like, that's smart though for sure I'll, yeah I put like all put it all together and like it was a t like my phone was terrible I had, like an iPhone five quality was terrible and I would just put them on Instagram and for some reason I don't know what it was like these videos are doing like stupid crazy numbers like especially compared to the day like because the algorithms are so different like you could never like unless you're like you know unless you're like cardi b like you're not doing a million likes on it like you're not doing a million views on a video like you have right. to be like super up there um so but i'm doing like six hundred and fifty thousand, seven hundred thousand, you know eight hundred thousand. this one i had a million on this video and i'm like what is going on and then i get this notification from instagram that says oh you've been selected for our art and sneakers space to be push to the explore page nine times out of like, I forget the wording was, but like nine times out of every time you put a video up, like you'll most likely get put on the explore page. And like, so people can like engage with this new like platform or whatever they have. And I'm like, Oh damn. So like I'm putting these videos up and they're doing like way better than anything else I'm putting up. And I'm getting like all these followers and stuff off of these videos. So I, I just kind of, I guess I just got er lucky. That I got early to the space kind of thing, but um, I'm putting all these videos up and I'm, and everybody's like, why don't you have a YouTube? Like you need to do YouTube since these videos are doing so crazy. And I'm like, damn, like YouTube's a whole different animal though. Like it's not like, you know, doing a 60 second or 30 second video, whatever it was back then. Like, it's not like doing one of those. Like you have to have like a real video. You have to know how to edit. You have to like know how to like do premiere and like use premiere, or, like Photoshop and like all this stuff, like after effects, the whole thing. So I was like, damn, how do you even learn how to do that? Like, I'm not about to go to school to learn how to do this. Like, do I have to find somebody to like make my videos for me or like that's gonna be so much money and like so much time so I was like let me just hop on YouTube and like 
find videos that I like that look good and then figure out how they did it, watch as many videos as possible and then make my first video. Yeah. So I had done my first, I think he was my first like actual, like what I would call a real like celebrity, at least at the time, um, which was Rich Homie Quan. I had done a pair of shoes for him when he came down to Maryland and did a show at like Morgan. It's one of the schools over here. Yeah. Um, so when he came down, when he came down and did a show, I had hit up because at that point I had started like mass DMing like managers and because I figured out that's how you really get to these people. It's like you talk to their manager, you tell your manager, you tell the manager that you're going to give him some free stuff if he like hooks it up and nine times out of 10 they do it. Right. So it works for everybody. Up, it works out for everybody. Right. Yeah. It works out for everybody basically. So I had hit him up uh, and he had actually put me through to Rich Homie or whatever. And <clears throat> like he already hadn't put me through, but he told me I could do the shoes and like drop them, like come bring them and drop them in person or whatever. And I told him, okay, cool. So I'm going to do that. So when they come down here, I did his shoes, went and dropped them. I brought, like, I thought, like, yo, this is the first time I'm ever doing somebody that, like, I've actually, like, heard of outside of, like, random, like, Instagram stuff. Right. So, like, let me make sure I get this, like, some kind of video of this. Like, it should be something I use for, like, Instagram. Like, this could be cool. So I do this video, and I'm like, oh, what I actually should do is I should make this my first, like, YouTube video, like, a vlog kind of thing. Like, because everybody, like, vlogs were real popping back then, or real popping at that point in time. Um, Cause you had like people like Casey Neistat and like all this other stuff that were like blowing up, like doing all these vlogs. So I was like, all right, let me, let me try some of those. So I did the vlog, you know, rich homies being rich homie, like, you know, being a rapper doing ridiculous stuff. And this, you know, like, he's like, he's like, Oh, the shoes waterproof. Like, you know, what can you do with them? Like, how, how, how good are they? I'm like, yeah, they're waterproof. So he immediately walks over to the sink and like turns the sink on. And just, <laughs> like, I'm just like, bro, it's played shoes though. Still like, like, bro, like, they're waterproof, but damn, like, you didn't really have to do it. <laughs> he, like, does that. He's, like, drinking his cup and, like, he's, like, taking the cup and, like, showing the camera. Like, like he takes it out of the sink and, like, pours water in the cup and then, like, takes the camera and, like, shows it to the camera, like, that he's pouring water on the shoe. And, like, damn, nothing's happening. Like, it's just running off. That's crazy. And I'm, like, all right, cool. Like, stop doing that now. Um, <laughs> and, like, all right, after he's done, he's, like, he's, he does his show for the camera. You know, they all showmen and stuff. So, he does his show for the camera. Yeah, like. Like these these shoes are waterproof. They do mad dope, blah blah blah. And then he like takes a cup and like because he's in like a hotel, so he like takes a cup and like throws it in the sink, breaks the whole cup, and he's just like to his man, he's just like, "Yo, come over here, clean that shit up." I'm just like, "Damn, this is how you talk to people? Like, this is really like rappers live a different life." Like, there's no way I could talk to my. He told me earlier that was his cousin. I'm like, "There's no way I could talk to my cousin like that." Like, <laughs> but I'm like, I guess if he paying all your bills, like you don't got to do nothing. For I go ahead, I guess. But I was just like, wow, it's like this is like a whole different environment. So. I do the shoes, we get it all on camera, we put it on YouTube. Like that's my first YouTube video that I put up. And like I didn't even really intend on making a YouTube video at the time. I just knew that you needed a certain amount of views before you were eligible to get paid, which turns out it was like ten thousand views. So I left it alone for like six months before I ever like decided to really do my first video. And by the time I came back, like I never checked the video or nothing like that. And it got like forty, fifty thousand some odd views on it, like by itself with no subscribers, just sitting on it, sitting on YouTube. So which is like really good numbers for somebody that has like zero subscribers. Like really for sure. So I come back, I've got like, I don't know, like like 5,000 subscribers or something like that, which is still good numbers, again, for somebody like that doesn't do anything. It hasn't done anything in six months of sitting here. So I'm like, oh, wow, like I've actually got like a starting point kind of. So I like, I put my first video up. I'd be like this Air Max, uh, I figured, I think I make them look like the the Atmos, like, you know, like the elephant print, like with the teal, like those Air Max, like yeah. I make them look like that, like, cause they're like, like one of the more popping Air Max models, at least they were at the time. And I make them look like that. And I think like, Oh, this is going to do like such not like these look so good. Like the video, like I, I put all this effort into this video. Like I've got soundtracks going, I got like B roll and stuff. I was like, damn, I'm like a full filmmaker out here. And <clears throat> I do this video. I think it's going to do all these numbers. And it does like, I don't know, like 10,000 views or something. I'm like, Oh, like, all right. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not so, I guess. Right. 
And then I that's like, how it goes. Right. That's how it goes. Sometimes, sometimes you produce something and you don't. You think it's regular and it goes crazy, and you think you produce something that's crazy and it doesn't do much. That's just how it is. Yeah. So that's exactly what happened, actually. Yeah. So I do that video. And I'm thinking, all right, well, YouTube's gonna be a slow. Like it's gonna be a slow. It's gonna be slow for YouTube, basically. So I was like, all right, I'll just keep doing some videos and keep it consistent, hopefully, and maybe it'll catch on. Like you know, at some point, like maybe a couple months from now, I have like fifty thousand. If I can just get that hundred thousand mark, like get that little plaque they send you, like I'll be like, all right, that's the only thing I wanted. Right, so, right. I was like, if I can do that in like a year, like I'll be on to something and maybe I'll start making some money. So I put my next video up. I do. I do. I was like, I don't know what made me do it. I think I just had a pair of my own sitting around and it had gotten dirty. So I was like, let me just paint these because I painted, I picked up a pair of Yeezys and I painted them for the video. And I was like, all right, what can I do? That's like what I do. Like, like the whole Atmos, like Air Max, like recreation thing. Like, like that's cool. But like, I wouldn't even put that like on Instagram like that. So like, what am I doing on Instagram right now? I'm doing all this Dragon Ball Z stuff and all this anime stuff and like all this intense, like detail stuff. Cause I found that that's the way I differentiate myself from other people that do this work is I do all this detail work that I can do almost like, like I wasn't quite that good yet, but I can do almost as like photo realistic, like to exactly what the show looks like on these shoes. So I was like, was that, was that because of your tattoo background that you had that talent? Yeah. Well, that's exactly what it was. When I first came in and I still use the tag. Like when I first came in, my page was tattoos for shoes was my page. It wasn't called Serato. Like I like changed it later to when my business partner, like maybe change it. But like, <clears throat> it was tattoos for shoes, what it called. And I still sign every shoe I do always gets my signature and it gets a T4S in quotations on the side because that's tattoos for shoes. That's my thing. So I figured that my detail, my, my detail orientation and knowing how to do all the small details from tattooing, like can work for these shoes. So I was like, all right, let me do like the most complicated design I can even think of like on these pair of Yeezys and see how that does. So I put it up, I go to sleep and I wake up and this video has like, 400,000 views on it and I'm like oh shit like damn like this okay this is popping off like what's going on here and then the next day it's got like a million and a half or something like that on it and I'm like damn like this is crazy I got like I hit like 100,000 subscribers in like a week yeah it went viral went viral yeah so I was like oh damn like so this is what I need to do I need to make these kind of videos like I need to make this type of stuff like people want to see as as intricate as possible when they're still on YouTube and watching these right so I do another like three or four videos. They all do good numbers. Like one or two of them hits a million. I do that. I do this one video, which is like these Space Jam, uh, French French blue Jordan 12s or whatever. And it goes crazy too, like a million five, whatever it is in like a couple days. And I'm like, holy shit. Like I might be on like, I'm about to be one of these dudes out here making 12 million a year on YouTube. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, like, like, let me keep, make, make sure I keep up with this. But at the same time, my Instagram, of course, is like tied to this. So it's kind of like, it's picking up pace too. And people are starting to see this stuff. I'm getting people sharing, like taking my videos off of here and putting them on like Facebook and stuff. <clears throat> Sorry, put them on like Facebook and stuff. And I'm looking at it and these Facebook videos, like you, you, everybody sees these Facebook videos, like these random videos, you know, you have no idea who's putting these videos up, but they all have like massive numbers on them. Right. And one somebody put up, had like, 20 million views on this video of me like painting these shoes like they had like sped it up and like put different music on it but like it like still had my name on it and like it was like my video and i was like damn like what's going on here so then all of a sudden now i have like 200 300,000 people on this facebook like trying to blow like blowing me up like my like my friends list is blocked like i don't i can't even check that now like like i don't even have a personal facebook anymore because like there's no point like it's all people i don't know like yeah but i just accept anybody so i don't have to keep accepting for like people stop messaging me like i'm trying to like it's weird. 
So like my Facebook is like blowing up. I have to make Facebook pages now that like business pages and stuff and like business insider and all these other people like do this, like spots, like do these, like, uh, like these, like they make their own like video version of like that video to like put up on their like pages and like on Instagram and stuff. And like, it does like 40, 50 million views or something crazy. And like, I'm getting all this like attention for this stuff. And that's when I first start seeing like NBA dudes and like stuff like that starting to hit me. Um, so I started doing a bunch of their stuff. Um, I kind of ease out of the football scene a little bit just because football is one of those sports where like, it's weird because like to you, like if it's your team, like you're real mad interested in like who's on the team and like you, you, you want to know about them and like things like that. But for some reason, like what they wear, what they do, like it's not like basketball at all. It's not like fashion centered. Like no one really pays attention to like what these guys wear, or, like gives them like social media. Like it's, I've been told it's like helmet syndrome kind of thing. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. Cause like when, if you can't see their face the whole time, like it's hard to like engage them and like blah, blah, blah. So like, right. Like in, in basketball, there's less people on the court field with how, whatever you want exactly. to say. There's not 50 people on, on every team. So, and there's no helmet. So, you know, it's a, star, no it's, a, it's a star driven league, the NBA for sure. Star driven league where it's like the NFL is sort of like that, but not quite so much. Like, right. You know, you, Daniel Brown off the team, like they'll still probably win some games. Like it's one of those things where you take LeBron out, like you're done. It's for. over. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, basically, I, I ease out of the football scene. I did get to do something cool, though. I, you know, me and my uh, one of the guys I still do shoes for with now, um, Jalen Mills, you know, he's a cornerback for the Eagles. Um, that was back one of their year when they actually made it. They went to the Super Bowl and they won the Super Bowl. So I had my shoes in the Super Bowl. Like, it was cool. I got to see, like, on the like front page of the news, like him sitting there with his, with his shoes. Like, it was crazy. Um, so, you know, that was a really cool experience. But I eased out of football and eased out of, bas- eased out of baseball because I knew that basketball was where you're going to get like slam kicks and ble- you know bleacher report kicks and all right. these other people reposting your work for you because they everyone wants to see what's you know what's James Harden wearing what's you know what's Montrezl Harrell wearing what's PJ Tucker wearing like everybody wants to know and even even if they don't necessarily want to know what Montrezl Harrell does on the day to day everybody cares about what shoes people wear on the, in the NBA so yeah I was like NBA is where it's at like that's where you've got to stay at and that's where you've got to like make your mark at so I started making sure we hitting up as many people as possible. Um, I'm doing these YouTube videos on the stuff and stuff and I'm getting, I'm getting traffic. So I'm starting to do shoes for all these NBA dudes. And then I'm starting to do events and stuff too. Like I did like Comic-Con where I made shoes for, um, where Comic-Con flew me out and I made shoes for Tom Holland, who's like Spider-Man from like the Avengers, like, like big name stuff like that, where I'm like, damn, I didn't think I would ever like be in the same room with these people like that are like in Marvel movies. Like that's crazy. And like, they're all mad interested. And like, they do like the whole vlog, like they let me film and like do the whole thing. Like, and a lot of people are real cool. So like I do that and then like I get hooked up with, same manager that was for Rich Only Quan asked me to do shoes for the Migos, like back when they had like Versace popping. Like, so like I got to meet the Migos like mad early and like do the whole thing. And like, it was cool. It's like I'm still shooting shoes for as many like artists as possible. So I do that. I do her. I do Tiana Taylor. I do Chris Brown. I do all these other people. And, you know, it's still not the same engagement as the NBA because most of these people, of course, it's Chris Brown's not going to post anything that he doesn't want to post. Like, so like you're not going to get these people to like, oh yeah, like thanks for doing that. Like, let me go put it on my Instagram. Like, they don't do that shit. So, um, so you don't really get the return. Like, it's just a cool experience, but you don't really get anything for it. So, right. And I don't even think it's not that they don't do it on purpose. It's just not on their, in their mind. You know, it's not like they're, not, exactly thinking, the they're thing. not thinking about it, you know, they're not thinking about it. And they're not like, unless you blatantly like ask these people, which sometimes you, you will. And like, they'll still be like, uh, we'll, like, uh, we'll talk, we'll, we'll figure it out. Like I get it now. Cause obviously I'm in that influencer space kind of where people pay me for like posts and stuff and like, ask right. stuff, like, like, oh, like, like I can get money for doing that. Like, I'm not going to just do it just because you gave some shoes. Like, I get it. Like, well, right. Cool. And another thing is, is that basketball culture and sneaker culture are synonymous. Exactly. Like, yeah. hip hop is like that. Like, it's a little bit, but not, not quite as much. I mean, it's only a couple of hip hop dudes. Like, you know, before, like, obviously the Travis Scotts and the Kanye's and stuff, like, that were really, like, into, like, the shoes and having their own line and stuff. And, like, 
it wasn't like that crazy big of a deal. Right. Um, so basketball is obviously where it was at. So that's where I wanted to go back into. And that's where I wanted to make my mark at. So um, we just try to get to as many basketball players as possible due to YouTube stuff. And basically it just kind of snowballed from there. And then I got a connection with the guys over at overtime um, with Sam. Shout out to overtime. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to my guy, overtime Sam. Um, I got, I got contact with him because me and my homeboy that I played basketball with in high school was his roommate in college. So like once Sam started doing his thing over there, they told me like, yo, you should contact them and see if they want to do anything with you. Cause you know, they can easily tie it into like the stuff they're doing with all these high school kids and like all these other people, like they can maybe make something out of it. And I was like, you know, yeah, go ahead and hit him up, see what they think. So he hits them up. And then by this point, I'm used to people being like, oh, yeah, we'll do some stuff and like blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, and then people like never do like 90% of the stuff they say. So like I hit him up. And then like a week later, over, over time, take me up talking about, all right, we're going to come down next week. And we're going to film this and film that and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, y'all are coming down here and filming? Like you're taking it serious. Like you're sending people, like, you're paying people to come down here and do this. So I was like, okay, like maybe they're for real. So I sit down, I do the, we do the spot, you know, something that actually, we filmed something we haven't even put out yet. Um, so maybe I'll come out later, like a little behind the scenes of like who, like who I am, like how I got to this point, like, like a on video kind of thing, um, which nobody had done yet. So we film that and then we decide that they want to do a show after they film it and like watch me make a pair of shoes. They're like, all right, let's do the show. Like, let's figure out how we can do this. So we set up the show and we start doing all these, you know, personalities or NBA players or whoever it is, like as we're going. Um, and it really gives me a nice, a better tie into like the NBA scene. Cause now I'm getting contact with a bunch of these people that I necessarily wouldn't be able to contact myself from some of them. And, right. uh, it's, it's getting me a lot more traction. Plus the overtime page itself is boosting my page up a lot you know, as we post them and as we go, it's, it's really helping me out. Like between that and the YouTube, you know, I, I go from like a hundred thousand followers to like 300,000 in like a year or whatever it is. Like, like something that took me like three years at that point to even get to a hundred thousand followers. So, you know, it's all going way, way faster now. So I'm getting all these different avenues of like where to put your work at, how to showcase it, where to get money at, you know, now I'm starting to get paid for like promo and like YouTube promo. And like, I'm starting to get all this money from all these different places that like, I wasn't getting when I first, like I hadn't even thought about any of the happiness money when I first started doing this. If I had, I would have <laughs> made my parents would have took it more serious and gave me more money <laughs> to like help me out. But uh, you know, now they see the vision, so they you know they don't still tell me to go get a real job. But <laughs> <laughs> now they see that they now they see the shoes on ESPN. They don't they don't trip so much. But um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things that it took a long time to kind of blow up to that point. But now we're here and we're just trying to keep it keep it going as best as possible, keep it limited to just me doing the work so we can control what's going on and do as much events and uh, do as much events and other things as possible to really just keep everything moving. But it's uh it's still a learning experience every day, just trying to figure out who to, who to hit up, who to contact and how to, how to proceed, but we're figuring it out. Do you have an idea how many of your sneakers hit an NBA court? Um, well, Probably for the last year and a half, I'd say probably ninety percent of them. I don't. I don't really get. I don't take orders from the public as much. Or no, if, no, no. I mean, how many sneakers have been on the oh, NBA court? In total? Yeah. I don't know. Probably it might still be in that probably fifty, sixty, seventy range. Maybe at this point, I don't. Got know. you. No, I was watching the video. Um, the sneakers you were customizing for Bronny and Bryce. Um, you did it in only a day, but about how many hours would a sneaker like that take, or those sneakers take? And I'm sure back in the day, it took a lot longer than it does now, right? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I know, like, what I'm doing now a lot more than I did then. I have more tools and equipment and things like that to help speed everything up. But, um, yeah, I mean, Brody's shoes were a lot more complicated than Bryce's were. So, um, his probably took six, seven hours maybe, and then Bryce probably took another three or four. Like, so, I mean, it's a long day, but, like, you know, you do what you got to do for LeBron's kids. So, yeah, I mean, it, it didn't take too, too long, but 
you know, it's, it's one of those things, especially when you have to record it, it does take a little bit longer. So it's probably a little bit, maybe a couple extra hours on top of that. So I know you hoop in terms of performance, what do you feel the best basketball sneakers were ever made in terms of encore performance? Ooh, shoot. Ever made? I mean, yeah. I didn't have much experience with like a lot of the shoes, like, you know, from the earlier, like 90s, right. 80s. Stuff, Even so now. I couldn't speak to that too much, but I mean, like right now, um, I think my favorite shoes I've ever hooped in, I'm like sitting in my sneaker room right now. So I'm like looking at like options, but I, probably if I had to just pick any, like, I think my top three, if I had to just pick right now, uh, or maybe top four, I can go with four, um, would be the Dame Fours. That's, really? that's not necessarily my number one, but that's definitely like, like if you're hooping, like just in, like, you know, we're talking about non-NBA courts. Like, we're, we're not we're not sleeping the floor. We're not cleaning. We're not, like, there's going to be dust on the floor. Like, you need that, like, a, a, like an L.A. fit. Right. Yeah, like an L.A. fitness shoe, like, and with some with some cushion that really, like, feels like a good shoe. Like, the Dame Fours were, like, my biggest surprise. Like, any shoe I ever bought. Like, that were, like, yo, these are actually, like, one of the best shoes I've ever worn type thing. Um, so, I bought the Bape Dame Fours when they came out because I just, I love Bape and, like, Supreme and stuff. So, like, I bought those when they came out and like, I actually, like, I wear my shoes. I'm one of those people. I don't like people who like buy shoes and like let them sit on the shelf and like it don't do nothing with them. Like that's that's dumb to me. Like that's why the reselling market is retarded as it is. I wear all my shoes. So I bought them and I wore I took them to the gym and I wore them and they were like one of the best shoes. Um but I think my number my number one hoop shoe would either be it's a it's a tie for either the the Nike Adapts the first version when they came out, when they dropped and I, when I bought a pair for like three fifty or whatever it was, I was like not expecting to really like hooping them that often, but um, I really just bought them for the novelty of like getting, getting the auto lacing on your <laughs> app, right? You could do it on an app. Yeah, so I'm doing yeah. on my app, hanging the colors and stuff. I really bought them for that, but then I put them on and they actually are like one of the best hoop shoes you can buy. Like, like if I had to pick a shoe just any day to wear, I would wear those like to hoop in. Um, but if before that, even if we're going back some, my favorite shoe to hoop in was the LeBron tens. That was like my all time, like, most either tens, maybe even the eights, but the tens were a little bit better than the eights. But LeBron tens were like my all time, like, like damn, I can really wear these shoes every day, like off the court, on the court, it doesn't even matter. Like, like that's the shoe. So I, I say those, and then four, if we're getting outside of, you know, shoes I really like, buy, like and wear myself, you know, because I'm a big like LeBron person and all that kind of stuff. So I buy all the shoes and waist and everything like that. If we're getting outside of those guys, um, the Westbrook. The Westbrook ones, ones or the twos were extremely good shoes, which I was surprised at because they don't necessarily look like it, like you just look at them, but they're extremely comfortable shoes. And I'd say last pick would be any number of the Kobe's. Like, I'm not really a low-top dude. Yeah. I have so I try not to wear those too much. But, I mean, I, I just bought, like, the, a bunch of the Kobe's that were retro in and things like that. And, like, the fours, fives six sevens maybe they're all kind of like the same um they're they're definitely like up there as far as comfort goes so tens tens as well yeah rest in peace kobe man kobe's a super comfortable hoop and i learned i learned that late too so i mean you rock adidas you rock nikes back in the day it was like a no-no to rock adidas and nike together now you see it all the time yeah i mean people don't really care about that so much you know i'm a big uh a big Yeezy guy, so that that's what really got me into wearing Adidas shoes. Like was was when the when the Yeezys first started dropping. Like once he made the switch, I was like, all right, I never got a chance to buy any of the Nike Yeezys. I was like, I'm gonna get these Adidas ones when they first start dropping because people didn't weren't sure if they even liked them or not. So I was like, I'm gonna be able to actually buy these. Like let me let me go ahead and start wearing these. So I got those. Those are 350s are like some of the most comfortable shoes you can wear. So um, so I started buying those, and I was like, all right, well if Adidas can make these so well, like let me try out some of their basketball shoes. So I started wearing you know, and of course I started working with some of the guys that like 
make these shoes. Like I've worked with like, like with Dame, I work with Harden, like I work with some of these people. So like you kind of at that point, like it's like, all right, well, I can wear the homie shoes. Like, you know, so I buy stuff and like the Hardens are, are great shoes too. Um, they're, they're style wise. I don't know. Like Adidas kind of goes outside of the box a little bit more than some of the other, you know, brands do. So sometimes the style is a little hit or miss um, and the colorways are a little hit or miss. So I don't necessarily. Are you saying them. they're more willing to try new things? I think, yeah, I mean, obviously with, like, the Yeezy line they are, but, like, yeah. you know, that's probably more so to do with Kanye than maybe, like, what they would put out themselves, but um, as far as, like, the basketball shoes go, a lot of their shoes, like, I don't know what it is. Like, some of the dames I really love, and some of them I, like, they're, like, ugly to me, so, like, it's one of those things that are, like, some of it's hit or miss, whereas more Nike shoes really aren't that hit or miss. Like, there's maybe, like, one or two LeBrons out of his whole line that you don't necessarily like, but most of them you would wear, so, like, it's kind of, like, it's a little bit it's a little bit harder to get into their shoes a little bit than it is for like the Nike line. I don't know what it is, but maybe I just like Nike more than everything else. But um, so I finally started getting into it though when the Yeezys dropped and then I started wearing like the Ultra Boosts. I started wearing the the NMDs and I started buying, you know, the Hardens and the Danes and now I wear a lot of wear a lot of Adidas. So it's it's one of those things. So Yeezy never made a hoop shoe, right? They just put them out. Oh really? They just they just put the first one out, but I don't think that like they're like Brandon Ingram and a couple other guys are wearing them for like All Star Weekend for like the practices and like uh, warm ups, but they don't they trust have, them yet. <laughs> I don't know that they don't trust them. I feel like they would wear them. I feel like Adidas would want them to wear them, but I don't think they're going to be allowed to wear them, which is probably why you haven't seen it yet. Um, why? The Yeezys have reflective parts of the shoe, which I know is a big no no for. It messes with the cameras, I think, on the court. So, um, I think that's probably why they don't allow them to actually wear them during games. Um, but I could be I could be wrong, but I know that Hassan Whiteside and a couple other dudes told me that like you can't wear anything that's like chrome or like stainless, like that has like that shiny like whatever it is. So like I feel like I feel like the reflective might be part of that that bag. Um, so maybe that's why you haven't seen anybody really wear them in a game yet. But because um, I can't think of any shoes I've seen on any NBA player ever that had like a reflective like all you know like one of those like you know UV not UV but uh what do you call it? There's a damn I just I just uh. 3M stuff on it. Like, I don't think any any shoe I've seen has 3M on it that any NBA player's ever worn. So I think it might be some kind of rule. Favorite uh, Jordan model ever? Uh, favorite Jordan model ever. Damn, that's tough. Um, let me let me look at my Jordans real quick. Uh, I always bounce between the 11s, um, the 5s, and but I probably go Jordan 1. Just because I wear them off the court way more than I wear anything else. Like I, I buy, like, I buy like almost every Jordan one that ever like drops. So um, I always I, say you could do you could do everything in a Jordan one except who. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. I mean, some of the some of the really high level like quality ones you might be able to get away with that. Like if you switch the insoles out, you might be able to hoop in them. But like, who would? So like, I've done it before when I forgot my sneakers. I've done it before. It's not, it's not I, the, it's only it's not the worst. I mean, look, Wilt and Kareem were hooping in in uh, Converse. So I know. Which is crazy. And talk about Converse, I mean, they've got some new stuff coming. Um, I actually really like their their BB Pros, their, uh, their All-Star Pros, whatever. I forget the exact technical They're term. comfy? They're, they're, they're just like Kobe's. Really? Like, I mean, Converse is owned by Nike, so, like, the technology they use is pretty much gotcha. the same. So, they're, based, they're almost exactly like the Kobe uh, 11s. You know the ones where you could take the whole entire insole out and it just, like, folds up because yep. there's nothing to it? Other than, like, it's basically exactly like that. Um, so, like, I always try to tell them, like, the, the shoes you see Uber wearing and stuff, they're actually not bad. Like, if they had, like, actual real releases, I think people would really start wearing Like, people really had a chance to, like, buy them and wear them. I think they would. But right now, they're only released, I think, on, like, Converse.com or something. Like, there's – I don't think I've seen a pair of the basketball ones in a Foot Locker yet. So, I don't know that that's, like, a thing yet. But maybe they're pushing towards that. But they've got some stuff. 
Puma shoes are actually pretty good too. They're just a little heavy to me. Um, but I have, I have a bunch, you know, I work with, well, I work with basically every Puma basketball athlete now. So they've sent me a bunch of like all their different models. And I really do like the Clyde, like the low top ones that you see, you know, Marcus Smart wearing and, you know, Kuzma and all these guys wearing, except they switched to Sky Dreamer now, like the new one. But um, I really like that shoe itself, but it's just, it's just a little heavy. That's all. Zion and Luca both signed to Jordan. Do you feel they'll yeah. both have a signature shoe soon? I think if Jordan brand is smart, they will. I mean, that's pretty right. obvious. So, um, but the shoe they're wearing right now, the, the Jordan 34, I think it's 34, um, is actually one of my more favorite hoop shoes too, actually, now that I bought a pair. Like, I didn't really like the design at first when it first came out. I thought they looked a little weird. Um, but if you get a colorway in something that you kind of like, you might take a shot on some shoes. So that's what I did. I saw one I liked. I took a shot, and they're actually pretty good. Uh, they're actually really good hoop shoes. So they, they might have made my – they're probably in my top 10 probably of, like, all-time, like, hoop shoes. So, um, so they're actually really good. I just think that Jordan – like the Jordans that Jordan didn't wear, like which is always kind of hard to sell to non-hoopers. So um, you don't really see people wearing them that much outside of like NBA players. But I think that Zion definitely is going to get a shoe probably by next year. And Luca, if he keeps up what he's doing year after that, maybe I don't think they'll drop it at the same time because that's a little too much going on. Um, right. But I, I think year after that, they'll probably give to Luca. They just want him to kind of rip the brand for now. Because um, right. it, it took Westbrook probably four or five, six years of wearing Jordans before they ever gave him one. So I think that uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a minute maybe for Luca, but Zion, I think they'll get right out the gate. Serato, great stuff. Where can we find you on social media and everywhere else? Um, basically, social media is just at Serato, S-I-E-R-A-T-O. That's my that's my YouTube. That's my Instagram. That's the Twitter. That's the Facebook, the whole thing. So I keep it real easy. Serato, thanks for being here. We appreciate you taking your time. You're always welcome back on the show, man. Talk soon. Yes, sir. There it is. Episode 155 is in the books. Big shouts to Serato for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, let me know how you feel about this episode by dropping a comment right in your Apple Podcast app. Leave a five-star rating as well. And share this episode with a friend, man, via social media or word of mouth. Stay safe out there. Continue to wash your hands and stay away from others for the time being. Be on the lookout for episode 156, Combo Out.